0: Williams wide left, Crabtree slot left, Gore goes slot right, empty backfield, shotgun Smith, Saints bring extra men out, going to boot to his left and run, he's going to run at 20, 15.
1: Welcome to the Fourth and Gold Podcast. This is Javier. I am back here with my boy Matt. We do have a special guest today, Zach Pratt of 49ers Hub. He's their resident draft expert. Uh, we're going to be talking NFL Draft, which is four days away. Uh, to those of you who celebrate Easter, Happy Easter! If you don't, just hope you had a good Sunday. Um, what's going on, Matt? Not much, dude. You know, like an- another day in paradise. It is Easter. Happy
2: Easter, to everybody! It's Game of Thrones Day, so let's get yep. let's get pumped for that. What are we setting the over under at this week?
1: I'm gonna go with I'm gonna stick with the three and a half still. Okay. I'm gonna take the under. Okay. I'm gonna um, mash
2: the over again. So I was wrong last week, but you know this they got to start killing people off at some point.
1: I'm gonna my I'm hedging my I'm gonna lean Aria is gonna die today. So Ooh, we'll figure that. That's out. That's we'll the see big how one. That goes. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the big one. Okay. Aria dies today. Yeah. It's uh, it is Easter long day today. Uh, we're recording on a Sunday. Um, draft again is four five days away depending on how you count it. Um, <laughs> niners are. Um, in a very good position. There's a whole bunch of rumors of the Cardinals not going to take Murray and trying to finagle another draft pick or two out of the 49ers to come up, and I don't think John Lynch is going to do that. He's comfortable at two or he'll trade back. Um,
2: yeah, no, so I saw a rumor that said that the Cardinals sent out, like, a, 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 a survey to season ticket holders to see what they thought of of drafting Kyler Murray and it came back with a lukewarm response and I hope that is how Arizona is running their franchise based on what yeah. the fa- based on what the fans want not what the football experts want so please what you, please let that be a thought are they
1: are they going the cleveland cleveland browns route with uh, the homeless guy picking Johnny Manziel for them that's just stupid <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, again the draft is is coming up it's coming up Niners are in a good position at pick two. Um, they can go any which way, whether that be Bosa, Quinn Williams, etc. Uh, I, myself, um, Matt and Zach are going to go ahead and give us, give you guys a mock draft. We didn't flood your timeline with mock drafts because everyone else is doing them. We're just going to do one before the draft happens and see how close we get. Um, we do like to bring Zach in. What's going on, Zach? How you doing?
0: Hey, I'm doing good. Excited for a Game of Thrones like you guys. You think Arya's is going to go? That's, <laughs> Yeah, that's I got bold. Arya going. That's bold. Mm-hmm.
1: I like to live dangerous. My wife had me out there planning, and I have a drink now, so I'm gonna live dangerously <laughs> today. Easter Sunday, two kids and candy and heat in Texas. It's um, it's not a good mix, but I uh, made it home in time and got everything else done. So, um, you guys just want to hop right into the draft? You wanna? What do you guys want to do? Yeah, I think we can
2: do that. Um, I think what we should start um, establish some rules here. Um, okay. So we're each gonna go round by round. So. We'll let Zach, you know, as our as our guest, we'll let Zach go first. He'll do okay. his first round, explain that pick, we'll let you go, Javi, then me, and then we'll jump into the second round, third round, et cetera. But we are only doing the four rounds, because after that, it's such a crap shoot that I don't want to be so ridiculously wrong. I'm already <laughs> going to be ridiculously wrong, I just don't want to be that bad.
1: No, I hear you. All right, that sounds good to me. We're I'm down. So, Zach, you got the floor, bro. Yeah, so I, I'm not
0: going to go too outside the box here. You know, I I know that there's, there's a lot of these rumors. Not sure if Kyler Murray's actually going to go to the Cardinals. I haven't heard anything to definitely sway me that he isn't going to the Cardinals yet. So I'm going to assume that Kyler Murray with the Cardinals and with the number two pick, 49ers just go take Nick Bosa. Don't make it overly complicated. You know, there's... A lot of different ways where you could go try to get cute, but Nick Bosa is the supreme talent as a, at the edge rushing position. I know that there's a debate between interior and edge pressure, which is more beneficial. You know, I, you could go either way. I do think that Nick Bosa would help out on the edge a lot more. Um, the, I like to think of it as deltas, the delta between who the guy you're drafting, what his skill level is, and the guy he'd replace. I think the delta is bigger between Nick Bosa replacing the second best edge rusher and a guy like Quinnon Williams replacing the second best defensive tackle. So because of that, I'm going to go Nick Bosa here too.
1: That's fair. That's uh, that is the consensus pick for a while, and I, I don't think any less would be upset about the pick.
2: No, not at all. And I, I like that. I like that way of thinking. I like the delta way of thinking. Um, it's it's good. It, it, it's more than likely that's going to be the pick um, mm-hmm. for. For the 49ers, it seems like, unless the Cardinals take Bosa at one, I think that's that's the way they go. But for the sake of of entertainment and not all of us just sitting here going, Bosa's going too, we're going to change it up a little bit. So, Javi, who do you got?
1: I went off the rails. I went far left. I took John Elway's phone call. John Elway comes up, picks at two. The Niners trade back to number 10. Uh, with that trade, though, the Niners would acquire pick 10, pick 41, uh, pick 20, excuse me, a 2020 first rounder, um, and a 2020 third rounder um, to pick at ten, and then at ten, my draft crush Brian Burns will be the selection. You get your other pass rusher on the other side. Um, he can be the rotational guy uh, for the Niners, and you get the bend. You get that that combination of uh, Ford and uh, Burns coming at you in waves. You can have a rotation of Armstead and Buckner, Solomon Thomas on the inside. You get a whole bunch of different. Uh, defensive line kind of combinations um so I decided to go off the rails get myself some extra picks this year and next year uh the Niners do need them to fill out this roster so I went with Brian Burns that is my draft crush so that's I play I went with my heart on this one I like it I like it Zach what are your thoughts
0: yeah so the one concern that a lot of people have with Brian Burns is his ability to play with strength and Mm -hmm. especially in the run game but looking at how the wide nine works when you on the edge you want your two defensive ends to play the pass and then play the run on the way to the pass that's kind of the philosophy that you're going there and that's the one thing i noticed brian burns did all the time at florida state you know he would be trying to shoot the gaps and he would make the splash plays in the backfield in the run game yeah he'd let a couple things go by him but that's the philosophy that you have in the uh, wide nine scheme so i actually think he'd be a perfect fit
2: yeah and when it comes to the the wide nine and, and stopping the run and everything there's only two teams last year that that ran the ball more than they passed it on first down so this idea that they need to fill out their base defense they need to get strong side linebacker sam whatever they want to call it, it it's way overblown i don't think it's a huge need just because you are in sub packages 67 70 percent of the time anyway mm-hmm. and a lot of teams are passing out of their tight end two running back set that, as well so I, I agree with you. I think I would rather have somebody like D four, like Brian Burns, on the edge. That their only job is to go tackle the quarterback. If they happen to get the running back on the way, there, cool.
1: Sounds good, Matt. You're you're up, bro. Oh, what you me. Got? Now. What are you thinking? Okay, yeah, you're next, bro. Okay, so
2: <laughs> John Gruden and Mike Mayock of the Oakland Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, whatever they are. Birmingham Raiders. Did you kick us out? Did you kick us out? Yeah. So they kicked all their scouts out. (laughs) They kicked them all out, right? This is such a dysfunctional franchise. I love it. So they kicked all their scouts out because they're afraid of leaks. So the Uh the, the only two guys sitting in the room right now are John Gruden and Mike Mayock. And in my mock, I don't care who goes number one. I think John Gruden tries to trade up because he either wants to get his new quarterback or he wants to get a replacement for Cleo Mack. So I've got them sending four... 24, and 106, fourth-round pick, to the 49ers for number two. And that comes out just about even on the uh-huh. Jimmy Johnson trade chart. I think it's about 22 points off. But, you know, when, when you're trying to trade up, you generally have to overpay a little bit. Uh, yeah. So with that fourth overall pick, I have them going Quinn and Williams because the way I have it fallen, it's Bosa a Murray 1, Bosa a Murray 2, Josh Allen 3 because the Jets – I think the Jets love Josh Allen. And I know there's a big thing they want to trade out. But yeah. if they sit put, I got them taking Josh Allen. I got Quentin Williams, who is to a lot of people, the consensus number one player. Not defensive player, not D de- interior, just player. I know, yeah. uh, I know he's atop of Matt Miller's board. I think he's on top of Jano Jeremiah's as well. I like he's pairing Quentin Williams with DeVores Buckner. I think that makes that defensive interior immediately top two in the league. Probably the only team that could say anything better is the Rams. That's because they have Aaron fucking Donald. So yeah. I, I got them. And everybody likes to 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 try and just say Quinton Williams is is a three tech. He's not. He he can play nose. He can play zero tech. He can play three tech. He can play wherever you put him. I wouldn't put him on the edge because he's not super fast. and There's a whole lot of bend. But he's gonna yeah. wreak havoc up the middle with Buckner. And in this wide nine, you kind of have two three techs playing anyway, based on just how far out you know your edge guys are. So I'm going Quinn Williams at four. Didn't forget. I didn't forget about the edge though. Because at 24, I'm taking Chase Winovich out of Michigan. They get Ooh, their Clay Matthews. Answers. They get their long <laughs> blonde hair in there, getting after the quarterback. I really like Winovich. I know he's been climbing draft boards uh, a lot lately. Um, I heard him do a couple interviews, and he's a fantastic interview. I mean, he really just yeah. He he sounds smart. He he's he sounds like he's a nice guy, respectful guy. I'm with it. I could get down with addressing both interior and edge in round one. Quinn Williams,
1: Chase Winovich. You get both. You get you know you get both things tied up in those those first two first round picks. Um, and the the thing with Quinn Williams, a lot of things I've read. If if the Niners select Quinn Williams, that somehow affects DeForest Buckner's contract status. I would oppose that that thinking. If you extend Buckner now and you have Quinn Williams on a rookie deal. You still have five years of not having to pay Quinn and Williams, and you can still extend DeForest Buckner. And then the way the salary cap has increased, eight to ten million dollars per year, you shouldn't have any issue with having both these guys on your team. So I'm I'm not opposed to that pick. Uh, Quinn Williams has been my guy too. So I would love it, you know. And then you you can address the other, the big end or the the other pass rush end with Chase Winovich. I I think both would be ideal fits for the Niners.
0: Yeah, Quinn Williams. There's there's no denying the talent there, and his ceiling is probably quite a bit higher than Nick Bosa's, just because yeah. that athleticism that Quinn has from the inside, that level of potential he has, and he's only really played. I mean, Nick Bosa's also only played really one full season of college football, but um, that was more so because he got hurt in his second full season, as opposed to Quinn Williams, who was a redshirt sophomore this year. Um, yeah, it it'd be really hard to. Say anything bad about a combination of Quinnen and Chase Winovich. Plus, you would probably want to unload one of Solomon Thomas or Eric Armstead as well yeah. to get even more draft revenue later on in the maybe third, fourth round area. So, you know, I think that would be a real solid direction to take this.
2: Yeah, I'm trading Solomon Thomas, and I'm not even blinking about it. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been very coy about about my disdain for Solomon Thomas in that pick.
0: How many um, sacks did you have?
2: Uh, zero real sacks. Zero. He had, one, <laughs> yeah. he had one sack last year, and it's only because Derek Carr's dumbass ran out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage, and Solomon Thomas was the closest person to him. Yeah. So I, I haven't been shy about it. I do think that's immediately the move, and I think they would move Thomas instead of Armstead just because Thomas has more trade value. He still has three years of team control. He's still young. Teams think they can do a reclamation project. You trade Armstead, you're trading on a $9 million deal with one year. So you're pretty much renting him if you're trading for him. So yeah. I, I think Thomas has more trade value. I think if they go Quinn and Williams and Chase Winovich, Solomon Thomas gets shipped off. And I think it's time they do that. But that's just me. I know. Hot takes.
1: Hot takes coming out. I know. Coming anywhere.
2: I know. But I think that wraps up the first <laughs> round. So so we had Zach going Bosa. Yeah. We have you trading back to 10 and taking mm-hmm. Burns. I'm fleecing the Raiders. I'm taking Quinn Williams, Chase Winovich. So let's move on to the second round. Zach, what do you got in the second round for us?
0: So I feel like it's kind of a consensus that no matter who you go with, you address the defensive line in the first round. And then it's more of a best player available type situation here in the second round. Um, You could go offensive line. You could go secondary. You could go receiver. A lot of different ways you could take this. Um, On my personal board, I've got, I think, 26 first round grades on guys. And I think – Pretty much all of them will be gone by this point, but the one first-round grade that I have that would be left on the board here is Debo Samuel, wide receiver out of South Carolina. I think that if you put Kyle Shanahan in the lab and told him to create his receiver, I think it would pretty much be Debo Samuel. He's proven (laughs) that he can win on the outside. Um, He didn't run a ton of different routes or a ton of exciting routes in college, Uh, but once you got him into the Senior Bowl and put him through some of those drills put him in a pro style offense he was the best wide receiver there he's got hands he can run after the catch pretty much better than anyone else in this class almost um his route running ability is maybe second only to riley ridley um debo samuel is my number two rated wide receiver last first round grade for me and that's who i think 49ers would go with
2: i'm with it i am i Um, love debo i yep I, i think we we had the discussion last week, me and Javi did, about you know, and kill Harry or Debo Samuel at thirty six, and which one mm-hmm. we, we would rather have. I fell on the Debo side, Javi fell on the Harry side, but again, we we both agreed that no matter which of those wide receivers they took at thirty six, we'd love it.
1: Yeah, it would be, you know, addressing the wide receiver position is is a is part of is a concern with this with this team. Um, it's been a while since Niners have had a true number one, um, and adding. Someone to go along with with Goodwin and Pettis and the combination of Trent Taylor, Richie James, Kendrick Bourne. You know, drafting a guy this high is going to push one of those younger guys out. Um, so I think they're going to be smart and 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 as diligent as possible getting the right wide receiver in the system. So no matter which wide receiver you go with, especially if it's Debo or someone else, you know I think they'd be they'd be happy to get one at that spot.
0: Yeah, I did a predictive mock draft for the Hub last week, and I actually think that Nikhil Harry's not going to be there at pick 36. I really think that he fits well in Baltimore. Baltimore's Mm -hmm. looking for a big receiver who can make a lot of plays close to the line of scrimmage and then run after the catch, you know, run those slants and screens that, uh, would really fit well with Lamar Jackson and his style of play. And, uh, I think that Nikhil Harry fits that receiver position perfectly for them. So I think that he's gone at pick 23. So he might not even be there in consideration.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think that's the number one fit I had for him too. Just because Lamar Jackson isn't going to be a guy to push the ball down the field. He's not going to be the guy you want to pair with DK Metcalf. Because Lamar Jackson's not going to be able to hit him 30 yards down the field. But Nikhil Harry, you know, right near the line of scrimmage, bubble screens, a little slants, Drags all that stuff. It's gonna be great for Jackson. I agree with you on that one.
1: Yeah, um, I'm with with Harry. I'm not. I'm not that big on Lamar Jackson. I don't. I don't foresee him being league, you know, past three years. To be honest with you, I don't. I don't see it. I don't like it. Um, he struggled against good defenses, and you know, if you're gonna, it's Greg Roman. You know, we we you know, they're basically <laughs> running. They're running the 2012, 2013. 49er offense, you know, and then they try, you know, when Greg Roman decided to do a whole bunch of, you know, five wide with, you know, Stevie Johnson and, and Brandon Lloyd, you know, it didn't work, you know, it didn't fit cap style. And Lamar runs basically the same offense from those years. So um, no matter what Baltimore does, let's hopefully, you know, let's hope John Harbaugh doesn't die on that pedestal with, with Lamar Jackson. But Hey, if, if Harry's gone in 23, you know, that works for me. Cause then that means my guy should be there when I want him. So, so who is your guy in second round? Well, I'm trading back into the first. Ooh, I'm talking. To, okay. I'm talking to the Patriots. We have a, we have a relationship with the Patriots. I, I'm all about the trades. The Niners need to acquire the best player available. The Niners need to use some extra draft picks. So what I what I did here was I traded pick 36 and pick 102, the Niners' second rounder and third rounder. They still have the additional second from the Denver trade, so they're fine there. Um, at 32, AJ Brown is still sitting there and the Niners grab AJ Brown at 32. He's been running the hill with Jerry. Mm-hmm. He's put the rings on with Jerry. He's about to go ahead and go ape shit with the Niners. So AJ Brown at 32 for the 49ers, they don't have to wait too much longer for their quarter, for their excuse me, wide receiver um, at pick 32. So in the first round they end up taking Brian Burns and AJ Brown. AJ Brown can pretty much do everything uh that the Niners need him to do. He has a pretty pretty big uh route tree. Um, from everything that I've seen, I, I'm I'm thoroughly in love with AJ Brown. And at 32, I would be ecstatic. That'd be one of the first trade ups in the first round that I would be happy about. Well, except for the Ruben Foster one, but we all know how that turned out. Yeah, we don't talk about him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the Niners get it right. They pick at 32. They take AJ Brown. Uh, they get the wide receiver that they need, and they keep this this draft trucking. You know, they they start getting that A plus on the draft with with those selections. Okay. Okay. Zach, what are your thoughts on A.J. Brown?
0: So I I need to go back to the tape a little bit with A.J. Brown because I kind of have maybe unfairly so delegated him to being a slot-only guy um, for a while now. So I think his ceiling could be a little bit higher than Debo's. He's got a little bit more size. He's got a little bit more speed. Um, So if he can play on the outside, and the main thing I'm worried about is if he can beat the press. You know, he's he's a lot wider than uh, Debo is. He's he's a real thick guy, so that means there's more surface area for cornerbacks to get their hands up in when they are going to be pressing, and the 49ers play a lot of teams that like to press. Um, So what I want to see is I want to make sure that he can get off the line of scrimmage and he can beat that press. Um, I know he played a couple games on the outside for Ole Miss once uh, DK Metcalf got hurt. I'm Mm going to, probably sometime this week, I'm going to go back to the tape and try to See if he that show if he has shown that he can get off the line of scrimmage like that. Debo has already shown it, so that's kind of why I like Debo a little bit more right now. But if AJ Brown has shown in that tape that he can get past um, the press on the outside and he isn't just a slot guy, then I think that'd be a great pick.
1: Cool, cool beans. Yeah. So what so, do you got? What so, do you got
2: going at
0: forty one there, Hobby?
1: So yeah, as with the second second round pick that we acquired from Denver. Um, I went with my heart here again. My guy. The Niners need a safety, whether that's free safety, strong safety, whatever you want to call him. Taylor Rapp can play both. Um he can do the cover two, he can play the single high from everything that I've seen. I'm going with Taylor Rapp out of Washington at 41. The Niners have dressed all three positions in the first you know, in their first three picks with uh, pass rusher, wide receiver, and safety. Taylor Rapp is a is a ball hawk. He's a thumper. He plays smartly, he he's a big hitter, but he doesn't injure himself when he does make those hits. Um, he can roam the field. He's he's just a ball hawk. The Niners had two interceptions last year. We need a guy who can get to the ball, force the ball out, make some plays. And Taylor Rapp is my guy at pick 41. So I'm all in on Taylor Rapp here at 41. And from everything I've read and everything I've seen, he should fall within this range between 32 and uh, about 48 from what I've seen.
2: Yeah, I've seen it too, and it's it's his 40 time is what's mm-hmm. going to drop him down, and it makes no damn sense because the tape don't lie. Nope. And he looks awesome on tape. If he doesn't test well, I mean, when we were talking to Ian Williams about that, he was saying, like, I didn't test well, but my tape was awesome. So, yeah. so I, I got I got picked up after the draft because I can play. Just because I don't test very well doesn't mean I'm not a good football player. Exactly. So it's I mean, Richard down. Sherman
1: didn't test well, and you see what happened. You see where Richard was taken in the fifth, and he's a Hall of Famer. You know, some of these things at the combine or these testings, they make it too much of a big deal about it. Yes, there's you know there's some history behind it, but if the the tape doesn't lie with Taylor Rapp, Taylor Rapp is a thumper. He can make plays. He's a big hit. You know, he he's everything that I want in the safety. I got to think for safeties, and Taylor Rapp has been my safety since day one, and that's the guy I want at pick forty one.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, Taylor Rapp is definitely a playmaker. I think that he's probably more suited to be a box safety. I think that he, you'd want to take him to replace uh, Tart instead of replacing the nobody that we have at free safety, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I do worry a little bit, not just because of his 40 time, but he didn't really play single high very much at Washington. He was responsible for a lot of cover, too. Uh, yep. but that's a lot more short area quickness, which he has, he can make plays in a short area, but I don't know if I would trust him to be in the middle of the field and then run 25, 30 yards horizontally, plus however much depth he has to cover in order to make a play on a guy on the outside. Um, I think that he's a definite improvement over Trukowski Tart, though, you know, there's no denying that Taylor Rapp is a ball hawk. He's a playmaker. He can make plays in that you know, zero to 15, zero to twenty within the line of scrimmage, and that's really valuable. So I wouldn't hate the pick, um, but I, I think that we would be doing him a disservice if we tried to put him at single high and expected him to be successful, especially right out the gate.
1: So uh, Zach, if we say say the Niners do go that route with Taylor Rapp, would you be in favor of a Colbert and Rapp back, you know, uh, safety combination?
0: You know, I, I think that Colbert did show enough in his first year that he's at least he at least deserves another shot. Um, yeah. Personally, I'm in favor of moving Tavares Moore back to free safety, seeing what he okay. can do back there. He's got that athleticism. He has the long speed. He has everything that you were looking for athletically in a, a single high free safety. I, I'm not really sure why they wanted to move him to corner. I think it was a misguided move and. My third-round pick actually coming up here in a little bit, it's going to be based on the fact that we should be moving Tarveris more back to free safety.
1: Okay, okay. Good deal.
2: All right, so I guess that just leaves me now with my second-round pick, and I'm sitting at originally at 36. I'm staying put. I don't think this is going to happen again. My draft is not what I think the 49ers are going to do. My draft is how I would fix the team. So I don't think this is what they're going to do, but – i'm i disagree with you guys i don't think wide receiver is the move it should be i don't think it should be the move let me say let me put it that way um Kyle shanahan excels at getting guys open i think you the wide receiver class is much deeper than some of the other position groups mm-hmm. so i'm i'm going offensive line and i think offensive line is a bigger need than most people think mike person played pretty well last year he's on the wrong side of 30 now they signed him i would rather have him be the backup at all three interior spots. I want him to be the guy that can slide in in case of an injury. Um, I'm cool with Lakin Tomlinson at left yeah. guard. I'm cool with Weston Richburg, so you know hopefully he gets healthy and he comes back. But at right guard, I want a Mauler, and I want Dalton Reasoner at Kansas State. I want my I want my big guy, and he's so he he played tackle the last three years at Kansas mm-hmm. State and he played very well. Shifting him inside. Wouldn't be much of a transition for him because his freshman year, he was the uh, I think he was all Big te- all Big Twelve center, so he's played inside. He's got that versatility that, that Shanahan loves. I know he doesn't, he doesn't value Shanahan doesn't value guards as much as other positions, and that's why we're getting guys like Person and Tomlinson in there. But Reasoner's the guy for me. I think he immediately comes in, starts day one, and then when Joe Staley hangs him up, after we get done crying, we can kick him outside and he can play tackle, whether that's right right tackle, left tackle, whatever it is, whatever they're comfortable doing with McGlinchey. But I think I would pick Rizner in the second round.
0: I love I love Rizner. I think that he he's everything you said. He can play guard. I think that's his floor in the NFL is a top-level guard. I think his ceiling is he could be a top-level tackle, and like you said, kick him outside in Joe Staley's spot once he leaves. The only issue that I see is that I don't think he's going to be there. I think that a lot of people are high on Risner, and I'm not sure he gets past Arizona at pick 33. Arizona's offensive line is shit. (laughs) And I think that by the time their pick comes around at pick 33, they're going to be looking for a tackle, and I think that Risner is probably going to be the top tackle left on the board at that point. So I'm not sure he makes it, but if he does make it, I would absolutely love this pick.
2: Yeah, I can see him not making it. Again, this is kind of my dream draft. So, so I'm aware that he might not be there, but I have seen everything from him being even being mocked to the 49ers in the second round to being mocked all the way to Denver at 41. So, I've seen him all over the place. Um, it, that's that's the beauty of mock drafts is everybody puts one together and then none of them are fucking right. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so so everybody spends 6 months of their life just reading mock drafts and getting angry, irrationally angry about Players projected to go to your team and then everybody just throws them in the shredder as soon as it comes around. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I can see him not being there. But if he is there, I'm sprinting to the podium. You can, I'm not even fielding phone calls if if Reasoner's there. I'm getting him. I'm bolstering his offensive line. And I'm setting up for the future to
1: game plan for when
2: Staley does eventually retire.
1: I'm, I'm with you. you know, the thing with Staley, though, he did mention he, he's not ready to hang it up, so... You know, he may be in line for, you know, a small, you know, two-year extension. Um, so even if Risner is there for another two, three years, he can still, you know, play guard and, um, you know, get himself set up for that left tackle position once Staley hangs him up. I'm pretty sure the team is happy with McGlinchey. They'll extend him, and then you just, you know, figure out the rest of it going forward. So um, I'm with you on Risner. I think we've all been uh, pretty happy with our selection. So, yeah, Risner is an awesome fit. Yeah, so we can uh, kick it into the third round now. Unless
2: did anybody do any more trades, random trades, fictionally? No, to... I didn't. I didn't okay. trade nothing. Okay, so we're we're all out of the second round now. All right, Correct. Zach, hit us with your third round pick. Uh,
0: so my third round guy, we we might be able to hold off on taking him until the fourth rounds, but you know I want to get him while I can. Mike Jackson out of Miami. Um, name aside, as unfortunate as that is nowadays, <laughs> um, I think that. The one thing he brings to the table that you don't really find past the second round is he has an elite trait and that elite trait is he is probably one of the best corners at pressing he's got amazing press technique um it's pretty much flawless and part of the one knock on him is he's not a playmaker he didn't make a lot of interceptions which i know is not going to make a lot of 49er fans happy (laughs) they want they want turnovers they want interceptions but we also don't want guys to get burned. We don't want guys to be making big plays down the sideline. And Jackson's going to stop that. He, I'm not sure if the lack of playmaking was because quarterbacks weren't throwing at him or whether he just can't catch the ball. But he did not give up a lot of plays. He's, Like I said, he's probably the best press corner in the draft get him, and then that's what I was talking about with moving Tarverius Moore back to free safety. So even though we're not addressing the safety position in the draft directly, uh, getting Mike Jackson on the team allows us to move Tarverius Moore back to free
1: safety. Okay. I mean, I'm not opposed to moving Tarverius Moore back to free safety and then I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of Mike Jackson. Um, I'm not giving up on Akello just yet at the corner spot, but I'm with you. I saw a lot of Mike. Mike is a very solid press corner. Um You know, I don't I don't think you can go wrong with anything with Mike at, at, from what I've seen on film. Anything, any thoughts on that, Matt?
2: I'm with it, man. Like we always say, steel sharp and steel here. Um So you, I don't think, I don't think anybody on the team right now has the ability to affect whether or not they draft a rookie. I don't think... Anybody, you know what I mean? Except for Garoppolo and Mullins, because I don't foresee them drafting a quarterback. It's the only position that would absolutely surprise me if they picked it. Outside Garoppolo and Mullins, I don't think anybody has done enough to just say, no, we have this guy. We don't need to draft player X. So I I like Akello too. I'm not giving up on him, but let's bring in some competition. I'm with it.
1: Yeah, more competition the better. You know, you have the comp- you have Jason Verrett there, Tavares Moore, Akello Sherman. You know, they they may need to bring in another corner, whether that's through the draft or undrafted free agency, or maybe even another free agent. Um, yeah, the Niners need to address the cornerback position because you know Sher- uh, Sherman's getting long in the tooth. It's t- you know you never know how long he's going to last, um, and it would be smart to shore up that number two corner spot or even make Mike the number one if that you know if so be it. So I'm with it on that one. Um, so third rounder for myself. I didn't make any trades. I stayed at sixty-seven, stayed good. I addressed the offensive line here. Um, I went with Drew Samia from OU. Um, I really like OU linemen. You know they they've had a very good track record, and that's another that's one thing with the draft. You go to you, you go with schools who have a good track record. Twenty-eight reps on the bench press, seven point eight nine three-cone drills. So the guy is athletic. He has good agility. He can get to the second level and make those blocks. Um, The Niners do need that from their guards when they pull. Uh, They do run the outside zone. So I'm all for addressing the guard spot and making Person the backup to both Lakin and the rookie Um, going forward. So Drew Samia is my pick at 67. Um, OU, has, like I said, has a long track record. And he's a local kid. He's from Sacramento. He knows the team. He's he's there. He's got thirty-three inch arms. He's he's in the he fits the profile for a, a Kyle Shanahan offense.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm one of the guys that just pounds the table for for uh, offensive line help. I, I think you, I think you have to draft one every year. I don't think it matters. It's one of the positions that every single year you should draft an offensive lineman, whether it's early, late, whatever it is. You got always got to stack the bodies in there.
0: Yeah, I love Samia. I, um, in the predictive mock I had for the hub, I actually put Samia as the third-round pick. I just wanted to uh, let you talk about your guy, and then I'll, I'll throw another interior offensive lineman at you in the fourth round. But if the 49ers took Samia in the third, I absolutely love it. I agree he's a perfect fit for a zone offense. He's got that athleticism and the side-to-side quickness that you want to see out of a guard in a zone scheme. But he also brings a lot of power, and he brings a little bit of a mean streak uh, to the yeah. position. And I think that that would be absolutely what that offensive line r- room needs is a guy like Samia.
1: You know, I, and western Richburg has a, has a mean streak to him. So that entire right side from Richburg, Samia, and McGlinchey, that would just be, that would be, you know, pr- in my mind, that would be one of the better right-hand sides of the offensive line. You know, you can run your your power. You can run your zone. You can, you know, do whatever you need to do for your play action. Keep, keep Jimmy upright. A man's coming off an ACL. Keep him protected. Um, so, making an investment, Drew, at 67. I'm all for it. So, uh, I, I love it. I like that pick. It's my own pick, but I love it. So,
0: <laughs> I love it too. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, so, I, uh, when I was originally doing this, I kind of originally had Debo in the second, um, and then I switched to Reasoner. So, a guy I was looking at too was uh, Yadni Kajust out of West Virginia. I thought he might have been a decent fit, but I've already addressed offensive line, so I can move on. And now I'm going to do the wide receiver. I do think it's a need. I just don't think it's a huge need. Good. But I'm going Riley Ridley out of Georgia, taking Calvin Ridley's little brother. And as uh, as Zach was saying earlier, the dude can run routes, and it's awesome. It's fun to watch. He does struggle a little bit getting off the press because he's kind of a smaller ish guy for the outside. Uh-huh. But great hands, just great hands. Good route running. Good speed. I love it. Six two, he would come in and be the second tallest receiver on his team, I believe, after Jordan Matthews. Yeah. So he's a little bit of a bigger body that they didn't have, and yeah, I'm gonna get Shanahan another uh, another uh, another toy to play with.
1: He's another guy who didn't test well, but the tape doesn't lie. You know, people were like people. You know, I I read I read a lot and I hear a lot of draft experts like, oh, the production was down, but they never really talk about the fact that Georgia is a running football team first. They run the ball a lot. So your 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 receivers aren't going to see a lot of touches and receptions. Thing with Riley, Riley's a good blocker. He runs great routes. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's going to win those 50-50 balls. And his route running is spectacular. It's superb. You know, watching uh Croc do a lot of breakdowns on uh Riley Ridley, you know, I, I fell in love with that guy. And Ridley would also be a great selection at sixty seven. And he should be there. From everything I've seen, he should be there at sixty seven. Yeah, I
0: don't understand all of the hate thrown Riley Ridley's way. You know, the only difference really between him and his brother, I mean, Riley is, I think, like a half inch taller, but Calvin Ridley played at Alabama where he got a lot of production. But Riley Ridley, you know, he was still the leading receiver for the Bulldogs the past two seasons. And if he's lacking the production, but he's still their leading receiver, that's more system than it is him. You know, I think he's got the route running, he's got the hands, he does all the little nuance things right, you know, he might not have that deep speed, but the way he stacks the cornerbacks on the outside, making it so they have to go through him to get the ball on any of his vertical routes, the way he uses his body to kind of shield other guys on the outside, and just the quickness in and out of his routes to get that little bit of separation for the quarterback to drill the ball in there. I love Riley Ridley, I think that he is a fringe first round talent, and Mm -hmm. Getting him in the third round would be an absolute steal.
1: I love Riley, and I'm I, you know, I, you said everything that needs to be said with Riley. You know, 50 50 ball. He shields the ball away from the corners. You know, it, that's a great pick. Um, so so far, Matt, you've got Quinn Williams, Chase Winovich, Don Reisner, and Riley Ridley. Zach, you're with D, With excuse me, Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel's, Mike Jackson, cornerback from Miami. And I myself have Brian Burns, AJ Brown, Taylor Rapp, and Drew Samia. So I think if anyone's keeping track here, I don't think anyone would be upset about any of these picks, uh, to be honest. No, um, which means naturally we're not going <laughs> to see any of them made. Yeah, <laughs> when draft day <laughs> rolls around, because we all love you know this what? stuff. So we're to, just... be, to be, you know, the only one that's probably the only one that's really likely are your guys is Bosa or Williams, depending on where they are. Um, but you know, this is what this is what this is the fun part about being fans of a team and uh doing these mock drafts so uh fourth rounder final round um zach or no no yeah zach it's on it's on you pick 104 who do you got at pick round four
0: so i mentioned again interior offensive lineman uh this guy hasn't been talked about a ton because he played at university of charlotte uh but nate okay. davis i think that uh he played a tackle a bit on the for Charlotte, but that's because of the level of competition. He's going to move inside the guard at the next level. He's, he's not going to play tackle. Um, but I think that the athleticism that you need to play the tackle position at any level is going to show itself when he's playing guard in Shanahan system. It's going to get, give him that mobility to move around a little bit, but he's also got the strength to hold up on the inside. Um, there's a little bit of projection there because he hasn't played guard a ton, but I think it's a whole lot easier to project a guy moving from tackle inside to guard than it is to project them moving from the inside to the outside. Um, So I think that Nate Davis, if he's still there in the fourth round, I think he'd be a solid pick. I think he would improve the offensive line, no matter where you want to put him at left or right guard, he can play either one. Um, I think that he would definitely be a a solid pickup given who else they've already drafted in my scenario.
2: Yeah, I like it. I like it. So a couple things about, Nate Davis one, the university of Charlotte is the 49ers. So he would be going from the 49ers in college to the 49ers in the pros. And number two, Nate Davis has a terrible track record as a name for a draft picks. I don't know what it is. There's just like three or four dudes that have been drafted and they've all been busts at with the name, Nate Davis. So if this happens, I'm rooting for the guy. Hopefully he throws the football with, uh, you know, the laces. Um, if he ever has a chance to throw the ball, um, but I, I like it. I like the pick. I think you're right. I think he does project a move inside, and he was playing outside because he's playing lower level competition.
1: Yeah, and you know, by comparison from Drew Samia, uh, the forty yard dash is a little bit slower or a little bit faster. He's a five two three guy, as compared to Samia five five two nine. Bench uh, bench rep, press reps, uh, he had five less at twenty three. Uh, vertical jump, he's an inch and a half shorter than Samia. Um, Three-cone drill, 7.94 versus 7.89, and the 40-yard shuttle, or 20-yard shuttle, excuse me, 4.7 for Samia and 4.8 for um, Nate Davis. Yeah, he projects as a guard, and he would fit. He's a little bit heavier than Samia and 2 inches shorter, but he does have the arm length of 33 and an eighth, um, and he would fit. He would be a projection, like you said, inside, and the Niners have the ability to do that, You know, have a guy that they can bring in, um, groom a little bit, have him play behind Lakin, or um person and then eventually make him into a starter um in that with that fourth round selection so'm I'm, I'm on board with that pick I, I i absolutely love it i like it cool cool man so what do you got what do you got for us hobby your fourth round selection so with the fourth round selection um i had a hard time deciding on what i wanted to do here to be honest with you because you know I got the defensive end I got the wide receiver I got the free safety and, and I got the guard um I it was it was tough for me to do something there so I went with um my guy Dawson Knox tight end from Old Miss at 104 The Niners do need to improve that second that the tight end 2 spot um I liked everything that I seen from Dawson Knox he did have an injury But at, you know, at pick 104, you have the luxury of, you know, bringing him in, letting him learn a little bit under Selick, you know, through OTAs, training camps, things like that. He, from everything I've read, he should be ready for OTAs and training camp. Um, But, you know, if you don't want to, you don't have to rush him into it come cut days and things like that. So uh, Dawson Knox, he could be the move tight end. He can block very well. He's he's similar to George Kittle in his movements um, and the way he runs his routes. So I'm all in on Dawson Knox at pick 104.
2: I like your train of thought. We'll get to my pick here in a second. But Zach, what do you what are your thoughts on Dawson Knox?
0: I think Dawson Knox was incredibly underutilized at Ole Miss. Um, you had a very uncreative offense uh, there, mm-hmm. which was really unfortunate because they have a ton of talent. They have, you know, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, of course, but DeMarcus Lodge is going to be another wide receiver that's drafted out of Ole Miss this year. And I actually really like their quarterback, Jordan Tayamu. I think if he's there you know, in the sixth round, that wouldn't be a terrible thing for them to look at him as maybe a a backup plan for Jimmy Garoppolo if they could trade uh, Nick Mullins somewhere. But besides that point, uh, I I think that Dawson Knox, the little bit that he was used as a receiver, he showed a lot of great traits. He caught the ball with his hands. Um, He was able to use his athleticism to get open. Uh, They just didn't send him out on routes very much. But the good thing about that is is that he's also a good blocker. Um, and yeah. when you have a second tight end, uh, especially when you have George Kittle as your number one, you only need a number two tight end. And you want a guy who at least projects to be able to block at the next level. And Dawson Knox can do that. So I think that Dawson Knox would be a great fit for the 49ers as their second tight end.
2: Yeah, I also went tight end with my first pick of the fourth round because I have two of them because I fleeced the Raiders. Um, But I'm staying local. I'm staying local. I'm going Josh Oliver out of San Jose State. And after listening to exactly what you just said, Zach, I feel like an idiot because Josh Oliver cannot fucking block. He can't block. That's like the one thing that he he can't do. So you're sitting there going, yeah, got to have a guy that can block. And then I'm sitting here going, well, I'm going to take the guy. that just stretches the field because he's he's, he's 6'5", 250. He takes super long strides. He eats up he eats up dirt in front of people and he can catch I mean his ball skills are really good and I think he would be that that piece that that Shanahan can move all over the place he can play as a big slot because I mean he was a wide receiver in high school so he can play a big slot he can play in line he can line him up I just envision I want my second tight end because Kittle is such a mauler in the in in the blocking game I want my second guy to be more of of, of a weapon So I'm I'm taking Josh Oliver out of San Jose State.
0: See, I actually think you're being a little bit too harsh on Josh Oliver. You know, you said it it yourself. He was a receiver in high school, and then he had to make the transition to tight end in college. When I look at his tape, I don't think he is bad at blocking because he lacks the strength to block, which I think would be the much bigger issue here. If he just didn't have the strength, he was getting overpowered by these guys like Jay Sternberger out of Texas A&M. He gets overpowered when he tries to block. He's not going to be able to block no matter what in the NFL. But Josh Oliver, he has that strength. His positioning and technique is just all out of whack. So that's something you can teach. That's something you can get the guy to improve on, especially with a guy as good at blocking as George Kittle. And with, you know, the offensive line and tight ends coach being able to maybe coach him up, get his hand placement a little bit better, make him locate his punches a little bit better. I think that he has a lot more potential to become a blocker than you were giving him credit for.
2: I think the potential is there. He definitely needs to be coached up. As, as it stands right now, he takes poor angles. He doesn't, he can't find bodies in space. So he gets a little bit lost when he gets out there and he doesn't have a hat, like a hat, hat on a hat kind of situation. And he has to find the next guy at the next level. But, yeah, I agree. It can be coached up, but as it stands right now,
0: not great, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: um, with with Josh Oliver, you know, I, I'm looking at the Niners' situation with tight ends. Is, um, the way the Eagles treated it, they had Zach Ertz, and they drafted Dallas Goddard. Now Dallas was drafted a lot earlier than Josh, but they allowed Dallas to develop throughout the year, and then you saw towards the end of the year Dallas got more involved in the offense. This would be something that could help George kill down the, you know, down the stretch. You saw George gets banged up. You need a guy who can stretch the field, and if he's developing those blocking skills, uh, like Zach was saying, that he has potential to do that. You know, come week twelve, week thirteen, week fourteen, week fifteen, when we have that really tough stretch of the schedule, um, you have that second tight end that can. Help Kittle in those. You know he's getting double team, triple team, and you have another tight end running free uh, with the combination of the running backs that the Niners would have. So I'm all in on a tight end in any part of the draft, to be honest with you. But one who tests like Josh in these ways. You know, four six three guy, twenty two reps on the bench press, thirty four inch vertical. Um, his three cone drill is fairly fairly good for a tight end, seven point two. Um, You know, you can't go wrong with a tight end in this draft no matter where you take him. This draft, I think, has a lot of good tight ends that can be taken at least up into the sixth round. So uh, with Josh, I view him as a a Dallas Goddard type where he came on later in the year um, to help relieve some of the pressure that Zach Ertz was receiving in Philly. So that may be the same thing going on in San Francisco with with, uh, George Kittle. Yeah, and I'm 100% with that just because it's
2: a fourth-round pick. You're not picking yeah. a guy second overall, and you don't want him to start right away. If a fourth-round pick takes half a season to get his shit together, I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. It, NFL's a different game from college, and it's definitely a different game from the competition he's playing at San Jose
1: State. You know, and, and we, we saw that with the, the Seahawks game. We hadn't seen Garrett Selleck all year, and then, boom, there's Garrett Selleck. And that's something that I think Kyle Shanahan would like to have, that option uh, later on in the year where, yeah, we're hitting Kittle – where he's getting you know ten, eleven targets a game, but we sell this other guy that can sneak up on you and you know take it to the house, or you know make a big 20, 30 yard gain, and then you're like, oh crap, we have two tight ends to cover, plus these running backs, plus Adante Dante Pettis, plus whatever wide receiver they you know they acquire. So, the the ability for Kyle Shanahan to have all these pieces for him to play with is only going to help the team. Yep, yep. So I got one more pick.
2: And anybody that follows me on Twitter or listens to this oh, podcast God. knows what's coming. <laughs> and it would be a riot in my mentions if I didn't pick him. But it's Jimmy fucking Moreland coming out of JMU. <laughs> JFM, man. Now this kid, he he's gonna he's gonna play slot corner at the next level. I know they got K1 Williams. I know they got DJ Reed. But this dude is. He's a he's a force to be reckoned with in the secondary. At 18 career interceptions, six of them we took to the house. We've gone all over all these stats before. <laughs> it's just happening. It, I I I've I've been on record. I'm gonna buy his jersey no matter who drafts him. Please don't let it be Seattle. Don't make me buy a Seattle jersey.
1: But I, I think it, I think we he, can let you go without buying that
2: one. I think <laughs> it'd be all right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think he's an immediate upgrade, and he does the one thing that they didn't do last year. You had mentioned earlier, hobby, two interceptions. Yep. This guy had five last year on his own. He 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 tackles well. He blocked a bunch of kicks in the in the special teams game. I I just need it to happen. I've been yelling about this guy like all season long, so naturally it's not going to. But I need it to happen.
0: See, I thought you were going to go Josh Bailey, the punter out of Stanford. <laughs> I, I'm I'm completely lost here.
2: <laughs> no, I'm on record also saying that if they draft a punter, I'm going to be. Pretty upset because it's the difference between a UDFA punter and a, and a guy you draft is so negligible. But anyway, what are your thoughts on, uh, on Jimmy Moore on there, Zach?
0: You know, I, I think that he is going to be a great football player in the NFL. I think that he is going to be one of the top slot corners wherever he goes. Um, if he, that's with the 49ers, then great. You know, I'm not sure how long, you know, with the crazy structure that they always have for these deals, I don't know how long K. Williams is going to be on the team. Um, he is getting a little up there in age. I think he's 27 or 28 right now. So another year or two with him, and he'll be gone. Um, DJ Reed, he didn't show a ton of promise. If that's where they keep him in slot corner, so yeah. I mean, bring bring Jimmy in and let him wreak havoc. I think one of the things that uh, is really undervalued is what college players say about each other. And I know you've mentioned a couple times, but at the Senior Bowl, Debo Samuel, the best wide receiver there, said that Jimmy Moreland was the best cornerback there. And I think that matters, you know, especially with a guy that is as shifty and can get open in as many different ways as Debo Samuel can. If Jimmy Moreland is the best guy that he saw, then that that really says something to me.
2: Yeah, the Senior Bowl, there's a lot of highlights that come out. And, you know, the one on ones with the wide receivers and corners, they're designed for the wide receivers to win. Because yep. they don't have help. They don't have help over the top. They don't have any kind of zone read whatever it is. Jimmy Mullen, he was shutting down Renfro. He was shutting down Andy Isabella. He's shutting down all these guys that are like draft darlings for a lot of people right now. and He's really good one-on-one. Um, he did have a private workout with the 49ers. And the cool thing about him, he was only invited to the East-West Shrine game. And he balled out so hard there that they gave him an invite to the Senior Bowl. So he, he's shown the work ethic and he's shown the ability to impress people at the NFL level enough to just keep getting these invites. He didn't get a combine invite. I don't understand it as a weird snub, but I, I would, this would make me over the moon. I would buy the Jersey before they even printed it. I don't know how <laughs> I would do it, but I would. Um, I, I think he brings an attitude and a swagger to the, to the secondary. I would love to watch him play next to Richard Sherman.
1: I have no complaints with Jimmy Moreland. Um, it, it It's just a matter of, you know, it's, again, it's the, the, the concept of, you know, iron sharpens iron and the competition in the, in the defensive room. Um, you know, with, whether that be with another corner or a slot corner, the Niners need to address those positions to guys to get guys who can force turnovers. And Jimmy morgan has the track record to do it. So I'm with you, bro. You know, get you a nice Jersey, uh, <laughs> a white one, probably white, white's always nice. Um, yeah, those throwbacks are nice, and they're bringing it back this year,
2: which is awesome. Which I think they great. should max
1: that out and wear that as many times as they can. I still like the home reds. Just throw, you know, if they're gonna do the throwbacks, can we bring the throwback red too? Could we get that one back?
2: Oh, like the one they wore—they actually
1: wore in a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the one
2: with the white pants. Nice. Super clean, very clean look, very <laughs> clean look. But I think that wraps us all up for for the draft. So, so Zach, you want to run us through? Just give us a little recap of who you had.
0: Yeah, so I've got uh, Nick Bosa at uh, the first round, Debo Samuel in the second round, Mike Jackson in the third round, and then Nate Davis in the fourth.
1: So nothing too crazy. Just stuck with the the, the, the original picks two thirty six, sixty seven, one hundred four. 104. Um, I think the 49ers would be happy with that with that result, especially with you know the, those first four being their selections. I think most fans would be happy with that. Um, Matt, go ahead and go run through yours
2: yeah so i traded the second overall pick for four 24 and 106 with four i took quinn williams out of alabama 24 chase winovich out of michigan 36 dalton reasoner out of kansas state 67 riley ridley out of georgia 104 josh oliver out of san jose state jose. and then 106 jimmy fucking Moreland. Jimmy fucking Moreland. Uh, it's, actually, it's actually his nickname in college. Like if you see his Twitter, really? handle, it's, it's JFM. That's what it stands for. Okay. I, I don't make this stuff up. Obviously, the announcers <laughs> couldn't say that on the air and stuff. But
1: everybody that talks about
2: JMU football, yeah, it's, Jimmy, <laughs> it's Jimmy fucking Moreland.
1: <laughs> Good deal. And then my selections I had the Niners uh, receiving a phone call from John Elway, swapping pick two for 10, adding pick 41, an additional 2020 first round and 2020 third rounder. Um, so at pick 10, the Niners took Brian Burns. The Niners trade back into the first round at 32 with New England. Um, Swap pick 36, and next year's uh, second, or excuse me, third, um, for A.J. Brown at at 32. 41, the Niners use their selection from the Denver trade for Taylor Rapp. 67, they stay put for Drew Samia, offensive guard, and then 104, the Niners go ahead and select another tight end, Dawson Knox. Um, I think any combination of these drafts the 49ers would be happy with uh, fans and the front office um they're not listening to us anyways but you know you never know they may they may take our advice
2: yeah if john lynch's burner accounts follows me or something i bet mean, it's cool i'm with mm-hmm. it i'm with it um <laughs> it but <follows. laughs> so we've all labeled out i think i had six players um zach i know you had four and then what, you have you had five or six five yeah Okay, so we have 15 names. So, 49ers fans, go ahead and cross those 15 names off your list. They won't be drafted by the 49ers. Devin like, just... White, first round. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so this this was a lot of fun, though. This is this a good time doing these mock drafts. We're only doing the one because we don't need to overload everybody with them. They've had six months of that stuff.
1: Yeah. The Niners season was over early. We've been mocking for months. So, um we do. We want to thank uh, Zach for coming on with us today. Uh, f- please, Zach, go ahead and give us your uh, Twitter handle for your follows and reach out to Zach for any questions, concerns, or just—he's always on. You know, willing to engage with people. Zach, what is your Twitter handle?
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, my Twitter handle is at me Zach P, uh, M-E-Z-A-C-H-P. Good. Deal. No underscores, like bar. <laughs>
1: And Zach is also a contributor at 49ers Hub. Um, follow those guys at 49ers Hub. Uh, great, great, great content coming out coming out of there. Um, and then, of course, you can always follow our uh, our guy, Matt, here at Matt Bar with the underscore. Still with the he's underscore. A big, he's a big deal. Always <laughs> a big deal. Um, and then you can follow myself at 49er49. Um, hopefully my wife won't have me doing anything else tonight because I'm going to go ahead and finish this Jack Daniels tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, you uh, we do want to thank everyone for listening. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find your podcast. Uh we'll be back uh draft night or what are we what are we thinking, Matt?
2: Uh we can do draft night. i okay. like I said, I'm taking half day off. Um and then I was thinking maybe we want to do uh do a live podcast for the fourth round. If they're staying at that selection early in the f- fourth round, just kinda kinda podcast through
1: it. We'll go over the first three rounds and then Talk about their fourth round pick. Yeah, definitely. Be on the lookout for that. We'll be back um, next week. This You'll be hearing this on a Monday, so by then, draft is four days away. Um, we hope to hear your thoughts, concerns, questions on this pod. Again, reach out to Zach, myself, or Matt. We will we do, we'll be doing this again next week. Um, we want to thank Zach again for coming on. And, Matt, as always, it's a pleasure, bro, to continue doing this with you.
2: Yes, sir.